My next guest is, well, I designed up magic to describe how brilliant this guy is. He's been on this show a lot because the world is literally on fire, and nobody knows more about world affairs. I mean this than this guy. Not even Blinken and Biden. This guy's only on television, Gordon Chang. Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. And a lot went down yesterday outside the United States. So he's the man to talk to. Back again is my friend Gordon Chang. Gordon, good morning, pal. How are you? I'm fine, Sid, and thank you so much. Why don't you go work for, like, Biden or Blinken or the next Republican president or somebody and be on the Foreign Affairs Committee or something? I don't know. I feel like you're too smart just to be doing radio shows with guys like me. No, it's more important to talk to the American people and to you. You know, you work in an administration. Excuse me. If you work in an administration, you have to follow the president's lead. And sometimes the president is wrong. I'd rather be here to be able to say what I think. So I'm deeply appreciative to you, Sid, to give me this opportunity. Oh, wow. Thank you. (laughs) That made me feel really good. Gordon Chang, how about that? Well, let's start with this ridiculous deal that went down. Everybody says the same thing. We're happy for Brittany Griner, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But it's an awful deal. You don't trade a basketball player for an arms dealer. Quite frankly, you wouldn't even trade Paul Whelan straight up for an arms dealer. There was no trade out there that was going to match what the Russians got in exchange for this basketball player. So assuming you feel the same way, which I'm sure you do, let's move past that. And let's talk about this actual guy, Victor Boot. You know the whole deal here, Gordon. How dangerous of a guy is this? Because the White House is trying to convince dopey Americans that he's out of the game for 15 years. He's been in prison, so he's not going to come back and do a lot of damage. I'm not convinced. Yeah, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy for the White House to say that. Because that deal, as you point out, was really disadvantageous for the United States. Victor Bout was an important player. He was supplying arms to some very bad dudes in the world. And there are indications that he was still giving information to the United States at the time of his release. So there presumably was more. Um, That's just a rumor. But in any event, Brittany Griner, who doesn't like the U.S., took a knee. Um, I think that she should have had a lesson in Russian prison. You know, I think Paul Whelan was a much better subject. I know, but, but, we, but we couldn't get him. But we could. The fact is, you're right. I mean, every American, including Biden, would say, I'd rather have Whelan. But we weren't in control of this deal. You realize that Putin was in control. So we took what we can get. So we couldn't get Whelan. So with that said, you still wouldn't take home Brittany Griner? Yeah, I wouldn't deal with Putin. And the reason is that, you know, I, of course, I want every American back, including those who hate our country. But the point is, once you start dealing in a situation like this, it gives Putin even more incentive to take hostages. And we've done that. We've exchanged hostages in the past, Republicans and Democrats. And what do the bad guys in the world do? They take more Americans. So what we're doing is we're taking the future Americans and putting them at risk. You know, I remember uh, I have a good friend. Her name is Shirley Sotloff, very good friend down in Florida, Gordon. And if the name sounds familiar, it should, because Stephen Sotloff was the second guy after Foley to be beheaded by Jihadi John. You may remember that. And uh, his yes. mother, yeah, his mother, Shirley, is a dear friend to this day. 
and she begged and pleaded her and her husband, Arnie, with Barack Obama to, to, you know, to do a deal, get her son out. And, of course, he was beheaded. Same thing with that young lady, you may remember, who the Iraqi madman made into her wife and raped her day after day, and she was eventually blown up in a building. Her parents begged and pleaded with Barack Obama to get her out. He said, I just don't do business with terrorists. But then, of course, he had no problem dealing Bo Bergdahl for five terrorists. So what is the real deal? I mean, do you think that in those cases we should deal with terrorists to get some of these Americans out? Yeah, unfortunately, the answer is I don't think we should because, you know, as I mentioned, we just create incentives for future problems. So there are Americans out there who don't know it yet, who will be grabbed. And, you know, I think that they can say, you know, President Biden put them at risk. President Obama put them at risk. Um, That's very clear. It's a tough thing to say, but nonetheless, we have national security interests, and they shouldn't be determined by people who, you know, smuggle weed into Russia. (laughs) That's a good point. Caleb Mueller was that girl's name, God rest her soul. Uh, Hard to argue any of that. You're right, Gordon. Let's uh, stay with Russia, though, and Putin. One of the big stories yesterday was Putin was actually asked by the media, hey, are you purposely targeting the energy centers in Ukraine, which has a lot of Ukrainians without heat, which is the worst part because it's freezing in Ukraine right now. Are you purposely going after those uh, buildings? And I think the consensus was he was going to say no. He flat out said, yes, I am. What do you think of that really smirk response by Vladimir Putin? It's uh, He doesn't respect the United States. He doesn't respect NATO. He doesn't respect the European Union. He thinks he can do what he wants. And this is what happens when deterrence breaks down. You know, you can trace a straight line from the collapse in Afghanistan to the invasion of Ukraine. And uh, it's not just the Russians we got to be worried about. we got to look at the uh, Chinese who are watching this very closely, North Koreans, Iranians, you know, God knows who else. But this is how war can spread. Once deterrence breaks down, we could have conflicts on both ends of the Eurasian landmass simultaneously. That's called basically World War III, and we're heading toward it because um, bad actors are, are just feel they can do what they want. You know, Biden says, well, if there's no Cold War on. Well, yes, there is. And when you don't acknowledge the obvious, um, then obviously you can't deal with the problems, and Biden's not dealing with them. You know, I can understand why he doesn't want to say the world has collapsed, but the point is the world has collapsed, and you've got to deal with it. It really is. I mean, look at these stories today. Peru swears in a new president amid constitutional crisis. Indonesia paroles the bomb maker in Bali's deadly 2002 attacks. We know for a fact they're, 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 they're actually arresting people every day in and around Germany. They're about to take over the German government and kill a bunch of people in parliament. I mean, I'm not sure what world Joe Biden is watching. You got China, you got Iran, you got Russia. But every story, every day, Gordon, features another country outside the United States that is completely falling apart. It's terrifying. It certainly is. And, and that just shows you that we are headed into a period of general turbulence. You know, the world has made this historic transition. It's gone from a period of general calm to one now, I think, of conflict, one right after the other. And we have to recognize that border has broken down around the world and that we have got to start thinking seriously about it because we're not. The Chinese are preparing for war. They're mobilizing not just their military, but their civilian population. 
And we have no sense of urgency in the Pentagon, either Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin or the three or four stars. We just are not prepared for what is coming. And we should know because we can see what these guys are doing. Yeah, they are kind of uh, doing it right in front of our faces, almost almost teasing us, if you will. But but uh, good question coming up here, Gordon Chang. The fact that China, and especially uh, Xi, has loosened some of these COVID lockdowns, does that mean the people won? The people took to the streets 17 different locations, Shanghai, Beijing. They protested for a long time out there, and now they have loosened the restrictions. Did the people win, or was it just about time for them to do it anyway? Well, uh, three things, I think, motivated the Chinese regime to loosen the restrictions. One were those extraordinary protests, and yes, the people won. But also local governments, which were administering these zero COVID rules, were running out of money. They just could not afford the constant testing and the isolation and all the rest of it. And third of all, the Chinese economy is now contracting. And we can see this from the trade figures that were released just two days ago. So they knew they had to open up because if they didn't open up, the country would have fallen apart. Wow. So what do you think is next? Because last time you and I had this discussion, you said that if the people in the streets, the protesters, had success, and they did, maybe a modicum of success, but success nevertheless, you said that may mean the end of communism as China knows it. Do you still feel that way? Yes. Yeah, I I think that certainly. It may not be next week, but we know that the Chinese people have turned their backs on communism. As one great China historian once said, Um, the communists have lost people's hearts. And, you know, that means that eventually the communists are going to have to leave because the people will push them aside. It may not be over zero COVID, but it it will be over something else. These protests, no organization, no leaders, no coordination. They happened because people across China felt the same way, and so therefore they reacted the same way. And that means when something else happens, They're going to react the same way, and the Communist Party will not be able to stop them. Gordon, you brought up North Korea. I read something this morning that uh, also very frightening. For folks that don't realize this, by mid-November, just last month, the regime in North Korea had fired 63 ballistic missiles, more than double, double its previous annual record. We know they've got nuclear weapons. That's a lot of missiles, Gordon the hell is going on in North Korea? Well, Kim Jong-un feels he's got some space because he doesn't think the Biden administration is going to impose costs on him. He knows that China backs him in the Security Council, as does Russia, so he feels that he can do what he wants. And, you know, this year, for the first time ever, Kim Jong-un publicly talked about the first strike of nuclear weapons. In the past, they said, yeah, we'll obliterate New York, but it was always in the context of, if we are invaded first. Now he's talking about using his nukes first, and that's something new, something we haven't heard before. Wow, that is scary. So let's kind of uh, go back and wrap this whole great conversation up in a bowl. And again, I can't thank you enough. You really, you're a tremendous guest. Not good, tremendous. Uh, If you were at that bargaining table, knowing all you can get was Brittany and not Paul Whelan, that's it. That's as good as it's going to get. You would not have made this deal. I would not have made the deal. Actually, I would not have gone to the bargaining table in the first place. I would say to Putin, it's in your interest, on your own, to release Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner. And um, if you don't do it, that's fine. But we're keeping Victor Bout, and we're not dealing with you ever.
I mean, I just that's that's the way you deal with someone like Putin. If you don't deal with Putin that way, you're only asking for trouble in the future. And we are going to get trouble in the future. We have seen the way the U.S. presidents, both Republicans and Democrats, have dealt with Putin. It has created this disaster. Putin runs a country which is so weak, so small. Its economy is minuscule. And yet he gets away with this because of our bad policy. Yeah, but I wonder, while you said all this, I have to admit it, it, it excited me. I loved it. A guy, uh, rah, rah, yeah, F you, Putin. You know what? But the fact is, is that he's not afraid of us. And what could we possibly threaten him with? More sanctions? I mean, eventually you want to get to the point where it's going to be like, hey, Vladimir, we're going to kill your whole family. Something like that. That really puts the fear of God into him. But he knows that Biden would never do something. Trump would do that. Biden wouldn't. So what could we ever really threaten him with with this current administration that would make him even want to get to the bargaining table? Yeah, this current administration has the most difficult problem in the world, and that is reestablishing deterrence. Once deterrence is lost, it is incredibly hard to bring it back. And the other thing, Sid, is that reestablishing deterrence is one of the most dangerous. things. It's something you have to do, but it's one of the most dangerous things. And the world generally falls apart when you try to reestablish deterrence because the bad guys don't believe you. You know, even if you're serious about what you say, Putin's not going to believe us. Xi Jinping is not going to believe us. Kim Jong-un is not going to believe us. And all of those ayatollahs in Iran are not going to believe us, which means you end up in a situation which is disastrous. Let me tell you something. That's why the American people need to be concerned right now. Yeah. My name is Sid Rosenberg. I live in America, and I don't believe us. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's even worse than all the enemies you're talking about. I don't believe us. Hey, uh, Gordon, as always, great conversation. Follow Gordon Shank, folks. It's in your best interest to follow Gordon at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. We'll do this again very soon, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. All right, my man. There he is, Gordon Chang, right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning.